Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio, it's time for Family Business Radio. Showcasing outstanding family businesses and the advisors who assist them. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Family Business Radio, where we highlight the origin stories and wisdom of business owners. I'm your host, Anthony Chen. Today, we have a lovely guest joining us today, Gloria Matei with Nothing But Cakes. Gloria, welcome. Thank you, Anthony. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. So kind of diving right into it. Uh, so what kind of inspired you going into the food business? So that that's an interesting question because I had no experience whatsoever in the food industry. I'm coming from a telecommunications background. But uh, my why in all of this is um, I wanted to do something on my own. I had a business that could either serve as a platform for my son who is in the autism spectrum or something that um, could assist him to prove to society that he can definitely be functional. So that is the reason why I um, entered into the food industry with a franchise that I thought was a, a great opportunity. I mentioned you were in a telecommunications business uh, beforehand. What were you doing before? I was a director of operations for Verizon Wireless on the machine-to-machine arena. And as you were going into this business, uh, opening nothing but cakes, was there kind of a, a transition that you had in mind? This is something that you would like to do, just not necessarily in a food business, or is it something, uh, an event happened that triggered it? Um, I knew that I wanted to do something on my own because of the reasons that I explained, but I never thought it was going to be in the food industry. Um, it just I just happened to stumble into this uh, franchise in one of my many trips and so mm. decided to explore the opportunity and here I am seven years later. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the journey. So so you mentioned this wasn't like the top of the line uh, or uh, on mind for you. So was there something else that you were also uh, exploring down under and what made you pick this out of all other paths? So I did had um, other thoughts um, just because um, in the family, there are other individuals that are invested in, in their own businesses like, um, you know, real estate, property, et cetera, and, um, you know, sales and, and trading. But again, the one reason why when we stumbled into this franchise that I loved uh, was the warm, welcoming feeling and what it meant what it bring to the to the community. So I kind of fell in love with that. Was this kind of a, a chance encounter? Did someone reach out to you or were you also exploring and uh, you kind of ran into it? I actually ran into it. I was in one of my, this franchise was not available in Georgia at all. So I was not aware that it even existed. So it, um, I was in one of my many trips in California and uh, one of my best friends um, knew of the franchise and he just said, let's go to Nothing But Case. And I said, what's that? And uh, the rest is history. Wow. So, so kind of giving uh, for everyone else kind of a sneak peek of the life uh, of a franchise owner. So how long was that kind of journey going from the inception of the thought process of, you know, I want to have my own business to actually opening up officially? Uh, your franchise. Yeah, that was interesting. So when I when I first, like I said, stumbled on it, it was about 2011, and um, we started the process of. At first, my my husband thought I was crazy, so we, <laughs> we didn't do anything about that. 
And uh, about a year later, um, the first store for this franchise, Nothing But Cakes, opened in Georgia mm-hmm. in Sandy Springs. And my best friend that introduced me to it said, somebody else told you know, your idea. And I'm like, oh, darn it. I wanted to be the first one. So um, at the time, I was actually moving to a new house. And my best friend came home with a housewarming gift, which was Nothing But Cakes. And uh, when my husband saw the reaction of everybody, he said, oh, well, maybe you're into something. <laughs> Let's look into this. So at that point, we started looking into it. It, it is quite an, an arduous process. Um, this brand is specifically this franchise. And I, again, I don't have any other experience with other franchises. But this one um, also impressed us in the way of how thorough they were in the process. So the interview process took about six months. And um, for us to put together a business case, look at market opportunities, et cetera, and, uh, and for them to go through the interview process. So it's not like something if someone had a dream, oh, I'm going to open up a franchise, they can open up like, t- tomorrow. <laughs> it's not that easy. No, you really have to have your act together. You have to know your business case. And and on a per- my personal case, we mm-hmm. put the business case, we went through the whole interview process, which I guess I was thoroughly impressed on how thorough they were. Um, and when we first put together our business case and our presentation, we got we didn't got a yes right away. So um, this franchise is not just about the money and you know keep going. It was about making sure that it was a sustainable decision. So as you were going through the process, what was kind of one of the the biggest or surprising challenges uh, that you faced? Surprising challenges, again, not knowing anything about the industry. It was um, when we put the business case together, once it was presented, they told us that it was not strong enough. And that's why um, our, we got a conditional yes. And, uh, and so we had to go back to the drawing table. And that took us about a year uh, to then go back to the franchise. I think we have it now together. And, uh, and that's when we... Um, when we were able to to start the process and, and we opened the store in 2013. Um, one of the biggest challenges is really understanding your market and knowing what the demographics are and knowing really uh, good locations, etc. So it's quite a learning curve. Now, if you could wind back the hands of time, knowing what you know now, seven years later, uh, what would be something that you give advice for yourself? Let me see. Um, one of my biggest advice, um, I have uh, prospective franchisees that usually um, call us and, and ask for feedback once they are at the right level to do so. And uh, one of my biggest advice is you need to know your market. You need to know the market that you're going into. Um, it's not as simple as saying, oh, this is a great market because I lived in it and and I know how many people can come or because the product is amazing. There's a ton of other factors that you need to consider and you really need to do their due diligence about it. So it's not like someone can just open up tomorrow kind of going and buying you. It sounds like you did a lot of homework, almost a year, really. You do. You, you-, you need to do a lot of homework. You need to know you have everything you're in a row. What is your working capital? What really is the percentage of traffic that comes through? And of course, I had no idea about none of that stuff. (laughs) 
bit of a learn now. Was there anything, uh, I guess, skill-wise or knowledge-based-wise that was transferable from your experience uh, with telecom over to food? Or they're just completely different animals? It is completely different animals, but in all honesty, um, operation-wise, um, it was it, it is similar. It is incredible the amount of detail that you have to uh, maneuver on a on a food operation, and uh, it that is definitely something transferable from my days in in operations and telecommunications, where we had to make sure that we had every single detail accounted for. Uh, from the point that that phone number was transferred and transfer in a program into a unit and how all of that information goes into from one cell unit to another. Um, in the food operation business, specifically in this one, there's a lot of details um, that have to be taken care of. And uh, the time management is impeccable. So, yes, I was able to transfer some of that operational expertise into, into these operations as well. So kind of going a little uh, further down the line as we're talking about others who are thinking of going to franchising or opening their business. And of course, the most important is getting their pillar uh, on the same page with their spouse or family. Um, yeah. And it sounds like your, your husband just jumped on it after t- tasting the first cake. Mm-hmm. But was there uh, kind of a lot of resistance in the beginning because there was a lot of uncertainty or is something else in mind? How did you get over that convincing other spouses or what your advice would be getting support? Well, to be honest with you, the um, the resistance at the beginning was again food industry. We don't know anything about it, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's also about when you in, when you enter into a any business. It doesn't have to be a franchise any business. You you have to really know. Okay, is this going to be something that 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 will function, that will work in the environment that we are or in the society that we are. So for him, it was, I mean, cake. I mean, in my situation, it was cake, really. I mean, I mean, cakes, you can find cake anywhere, right? So you need to, regardless of what it is that you're bringing to the table um, when you're opening a franchise, you got to really know what it is that, makes you special and makes you stand out. And um, and I believe that the way that I was able to convince him, let's say specifically in this example, was it's this is a unique product. It is really beyond in quality. And uh, as we went through further in the interview process, was understanding the value of what that is, which is, not just what the product is, which is amazing, but it's also about the customer experience. And that that service is is something that um, interests both of us in in the greatness of how you can make that experience superb. Going into the customer experience uh, now with kind of the changes or challenges rather with everyone experiencing with uh, COVID-19, uh, what are some of the, I guess, solutions that you're finding ways to get around that to still be able to, be able to deliver that experience to your customers? Yeah, absolutely. COVID-19 has been a challenge, as it has been for everybody. And uh, we have had to adapt um, very quickly. We had the benefit of being a takeout business all the time. We never had in-dining services. 
So the fact that we were a takeout business has given us the opportunity to be considered essential and still be in the food industry, be considered essential and stay open. But we had to shift and figure out um, how to continue to serve our guests, first of all, providing the security of all the measures that need to be taken. Uh, we had worked very hard in the past six, seven years to create the brand and get everybody to know our brand. We have always had a 100% score in our sales department um, inspections, but now it was about going above and beyond that. So um, in order to provide our guests the security that we're doing that, uh, we are doing additional steps like hourly sanitation schedules in um, wearing masks, wearing gloves, and, um, and also adapting to doing curbside assistance and deliveries. And that's what has kept us going. Now, let's kind of fast forward once the storm gets to blow over. Do you, kind of asking a crystal ball here, do you foresee some of these changes um, staying in place as a, for the industry as a new standard, or would this be more momentary? Uh, to be honest with you, those are the things that we're thinking of right now. I, I do think that there might be some things that might stay there, um, like curbside assistance may be something that we may have to adapt to. Um, in uh, deliveries, of course, right now, because everybody is, is home and because of the shelter in place, it has definitely expanded our scope. And um, so we will have to see. Um, it all depends on how the new normals are going to be, but I do think that there might be some things that may be there in the future. So as we're kind of going through these changes, we're in, again, kind of fast forwarding, I know we're going back and forth uh, on the timeline here, is what do you see in the next, say, five, 10 years for yourself with nothing but case? What new envisions or goals you have in mind? My goal... Um, I mean, from a business perspective, I, I, I still have, so it's my seventh year. I still have about four more years within my initial term, five more years, I would say. And um, I, my hope is that we can continue to expand in another market that may become open and um, continue to grow um, the base of our, of our existing market and beyond. Is there kind of a geographic uh, location you're thinking of? Not at this point in time. Um, we again, the, the franchise is very careful about opening markets and um, and where they are available. Again, according to demographics and a series of factors. So we are waiting for the right opportunity, and uh, hopefully we can continue to to grow. But um, it's a matter of of waiting and making sure that the right market is available. You mentioned a lot about the, the market and the demographics. What would be kind of your top three that you service? Top three markets that I uh, currently yes. service? Mm -hmm. So my top markets that I currently service, um, I am considered as the Alfreda market, but um, I'm currently located in the Milton Alfreda borderline, and we serve Milton Alfreda and Roswell right now. Great. So uh, before kind of wrap up is what is – I know you mentioned about advice for yourself and really researching markets. What would be another big advice that you would share with others that are uh, kind of, I guess, on the fence, thinking of wanting to start their own business, but kind of 
at the beginning of your journey where they go, well, I don't never had experience in this industry or whether it be food or going to maybe uh, the other way around from food to telecom will be something that you would like to share to the community. I think one of the most important things is that, um, like I said, you need to know your market. And one of the many ways to do that is to ensure that you're engaging with the community. Um, go to your city, to your municipality, and get to know about their economic development. Um, get to know, uh, go to your chamber of commerce, go to the organizations that that do networking with uh, fellow individuals in the industry and outside the industry so that you really get to know uh, what is out there, what is the, um, like I said, economic development of the market so that you have a, a full uh, aspect, broad aspect of understanding of what you're going to be um, involved with. So if someone wants to have an order of your delicious fun cakes. How can they best find you or reach you? Oh, thank you so much. My um, best way is um, our store phone number is 678-366-1445. And um, there's always um, ordering online at www.nothingbuncakes.com and um, choose the Alfreda location. Well, thank you so much, Gordon. Thank you so much, Anthony, for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, this show is sponsored and brought to you, truly, Anthony Chen with Lighthouse Financial Network. Securities and advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., RAA member, FINRA SIPC. RAA is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of RAA. The main office address is 575 Broad Hollow Road, Melville, New York, 11747. You can best reach me at 631-465-9090 with extension 5075 or by email. My full name, Anthony Chen, C-H-E-N at L-F-N-L-L-C.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, welcome to Family Business Radio.